It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio KCAW in Sitka. Today is Friday, May 20th, 2022. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this is Raven News. The Alaska legislature agreed on a budget by deadline Wednesday night, and it now goes to the governor for approval. In the budget is $20 million for a new Petersburg Medical and Public Health Center. Sitka Senator Bert Stedman, who represents Petersburg, proposed the amount in the Senate's version of the budget, and a conference committee of both houses agreed to the amount on Tuesday. Petersburg Medical Center CEO Phil Hofstetter says he's excited about the funding but remains cautiously optimistic until it's a done deal. There are still hurdles before the funding comes through. The $20 million would come from the Coronavirus Capital Project Fund. The legislature's approval allows the governor's administration to apply for the federal grant money. The new medical center project already received $8 million in March in the federal omnibus bill. The medical facility in Petersburg is owned by the borough, but it's run separately by the medical center and the hospital board, which so far has resisted overtures from Search in Sitka to take over health care in the community. Although Search has expressed willingness to help PMC in some way, the regional health consortium will not build a hospital without community buy-in. Hofstetter says the state funding would be used for the first phase of the project, getting it shovel-ready. That would include a site selection, an environmental study, and the complete planning and design. Even with $28 million on hand, Petersburg is far from building anything. A new medical center campus has been estimated to cost about $90 to $110 million. The governor has 20 working days to review the legislature's budget and approve the appropriations or veto them. Although the show SpongeBob SquarePants was carefully targeted at a cartoon-loving demographic in the 1990s, parts of the delightfully offbeat production were a happy accident. Namely, SpongeBob's jazzophile neighbor Squidward and his somewhat random clarinet performances. As KCAW's Catherine Rose reports, the musical genius of Squidward can be traced back to one person who now lives in Sitka and shares his gifts every week on his own radio program. Brad Caro grew up in Los Angeles. And I was a Valley kid, raised in the San Fernando Valley. Um, My father worked in the film industry. He was a sound effects man. He uh, had a friend who got, got, got me a job as the driver for an animation company. And after a month, they liked me and they got me into the editor's union and I was an apprentice sound effects editor. He was working on cartoons like Heathcliff. And soon he made the move to Universal Studios and then Warner Brothers. It was a magical time being on the lot in the 80s because the real icons of film were still around. And you could see them, you know, and meet them. He'd see people like Ernest Borgnine walking around the lot and Anthony Perkins, who was directing Psycho 3 at the time. One day he helped Jimmy Stewart find his way to stage four. And he met a few animation legends in the 80s, too. And I got to meet Mel Blanc. He was the voice of Bugs Bunny, in case you don't know. And he was a really, really nice man. Of course, he was a dirty old man. He had a watch that had a naked lady on it. But um, but he was a a cool cat. It took about 10 years for Caro to go from assistant to associate film editor and then finally to full-fledged film editor. Eventually, he ended up at Nickelodeon Studios. And one day, he found himself editing the pilot for a new show about a yellow kitchen sponge that would end up rocking the world of children's television from a pineapple under the sea. Ah! That's right, SpongeBob SquarePants. 
Caro was asked by the creator, the late Stephen Hillenburg, to write a song for the show that sounded like the theme to the 60s show, The Mod Squad. So I went ahead and wrote something and recorded in the studio with all real... I played five different sax parts. I had a trumpet player who covered four parts. I had a trombone player who covered four parts. And then I had bass, piano, and drums. Recorded the whole thing in the studio. Here's what Caro came up with. Steve came into the studio, he heard it once, he said, that's the right one. And he wanted it to be the main title for the series. But Nickelodeon said, no, 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 we want something that has lyrics and tells a backstory of the characters. So they went with this instead. Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! I can't hear you! Aye, aye, Captain! Oh! Who lives in a pineapple under the sea? If, if they had used that music as the main title theme, I wouldn't have to work for a living, you know. Uh, but, uh, but that's okay. Even though they didn't pick his theme, Carol went on to write songs for the show, including the Jellyfish Jam, and he even wrote the music for the fun song. You know, the one that drove parents up the wall in the early aughts. F is for friends who do stop together. U is for you and me. N is for anywhere and anytime at all. Down here in the deep blue sea. But perhaps his biggest contribution to the SpongeBob universe is a mediocre jazz performance that has now become iconic. Steve remembered that I played clarinet. He said, you play clarinet, don't you? I said, yeah. We said, you know, we have a character on SpongeBob who plays a clarinet. Would you be interested in covering that part? I said, sure. Well, that was uh, about 23 years ago. Squidward Tentacles is a grumpy, jazz-loving squid who lives next door to the childlike SpongeBob and his friend Patrick. Squidward laments their interruptions of his clarinet practice. Every clarinet, all the clarinet I play, I'm improvising, right? So it's considered an original composition. So I am the owner of all that crappy clarinet playing that Squidward does. Caro spent 30 years in the film industry. But one day he'd had enough. He decided he wanted to switch careers and become a therapist, something he had a little experience with as a taxi driver in L.A. And people would get in my cab and just spill their guts to me and tell me everything about them because they never see me again. And that was when I realized that, hey, I'm a pretty good listener. So uh, it was going back to that that really made me feel like, yeah, I think I could do this. He's worked in the mental health field as a therapist for 10 years, and he's still able to have time for his creative pursuits like music. He still plays Squidward's clarinet when the SpongeBob showrunners need it for an episode. He's in an up-and-coming local sax quartet, and he has a show on Raven Radio, Groovin' Hard with Brad Caro. It's all about something he shares with his clarinet counterpart, Squidward, his love of jazz. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. 5,000 people are expected to come to Juneau in August for an Ironman race. The city only has 1,000 hotel rooms, so it's encouraging Juneau residents to go on vacation and rent their homes to athletes for the week. KTOO's Yvonne Crumry reports. Michael Bissell says he was late to the game and looking for a place to stay in Juneau for the Ironman race. 
He's coming up from Salt Lake City. I was looking at hotels for about two weeks, um, and after no luck there, like seriously none, I started going on the Facebook page. The Facebook page for Ironman Alaska has an accommodation thread with over 700 comments. Bissell says his search went pretty quickly once he posted. And then within 30 seconds, 30 minutes, I had two people who messaged me already, um, and it just took a couple days to see what was best for me and my crew that was coming out. Bissell's crew is his mom, his brother, and a friend. They're paying a thousand a night for four nights, and he's still hoping his crew will help him with that. The comments on the Facebook thread started back in October, with people mostly looking for housing in Juneau during the race. In January, there were a lot of discouraged commenters, saying that they were really struggling to find a place to stay. Shortly after, more and more renters began commenting on those comments, offering places. And now, there are more comments offering than there are people looking. But there's a housing shortage in Juneau, and people are already converting their long-term rentals into short-term rentals for the summer, leading some people in the community to question whether Juneau is the right place for an event like an Ironman. Kara Tetley is with Travel Juno, the city's travel and convention arm. She says that Ironman, the organization, considered a lot of variables before settling on Juno as its first race location, including hotel capacity. They came and they visited a couple of times. Different members of the Ironman staff would come in and kind of look at things. One of the city's solutions to the lack of hotel rooms was to create a program to help residents register their homes as short-term housing. Travel Juno directs people toward resources to get the business license they need to rent out their home. They're also offering a coupon for a discount on airfare for that week so residents can leave town. Tetley says that the demand for housing during the event seems to have been quelled. Um, from what we can understand, there was some concern in the beginning just because they kind of wanted to get everything settled right away, but um, it's really quieted down and it seems like a lot of athletes are set up um, or not as concerned about that anymore. Tetley didn't have information on how many residents have signed up so far, but the city and borough of Juneau Finance Director Jeff Rogers says he's seen a lot of new registrations for short-term rentals this spring. I'm not even sure I'd have a good way to know how many of those are people who may just be registering for, uh, you know, the sole purpose of a week for Ironman. He says the city has 170 businesses registered for short-term rentals. But that doesn't necessarily represent the number of units. And neither Tetley nor Rogers have any way to tell if some of the people who are registering businesses as short-term rentals will continue to rent out their places after the Ironman. It's also still uncertain that everyone coming in town will have a place to stay, though the accommodation thread bodes well for those who are still looking. In the meantime, Bissell will be training and preparing for some of the race obstacles that are more unique to Alaska. Yeah, I guess I'll been running with some bear spray, I guess. In Juneau, I'm Yvonne Crumry. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. Mm-hmm.